0: Hello and welcome to Baylor Connections, a conversation series with the people shaping our future. Each week we go in depth with Baylor leaders, professors and more discussing important topics in higher education, research and student life. I'm Derek Smith and today we are talking with Deborah Harris. Dr. Harris serves as Associate Professor in Interior Design in Baylor's Robbins College of Health and Human Sciences. A longtime educator and an expert in evidence-based design, Dr. Harris has partnered with collaborators in both higher education and professional sectors to advance design that considers the health and well-being of those who work or live there. She's a co-principal investigator on a project to create a software program that enables designers to incorporate evidence-based design into the design and construction of buildings that lead to healthier facilities. We'll talk about what that means with Dr. Harris about a project that received more than $1 million in funding through a small business innovation grant from the Centers for Disease Control and prevention. Well, Dr. Harris, I uh, have a, a, since this is going to be a topic that we haven't discussed, first of all, on the program today, and maybe one that people have heard a little bit about, but we can uh, dive in a little bit more. Thank, thanks so much for joining us on the program.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, it's great to have you here today. And as we do, let's, let's start off with a few definitions so that we can invite listeners a little more deeply into our conversation t- today. Let's start off with healthy buildings. What are we talking about when we talk about healthy buildings?
1: Well, we're really talking about you know, creating spaces that, you know, you think about the psychology and the, the f- just the physicality of being in a space and, and how can you design those things to create an environment where people are making good choices and increasing activities and um, just living their best life.
0: Well, we've probably all on some level during the pandemic, uh, whether working at home, gotten used to being a little bit sedentary. Mm-hmm. So there's some ways that as people go back to work or in different settings that you can actually design is it to, I don't want to say trick people, but sort of mm-hmm. almost beneath the surface, uh, create some things that you don't have to think about a lot that make it healthier.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You can design um, the built environment where, you know, there's passive Acceptance. So, for instance, um, you think about circadian rhythms and how the sun comes up and it goes down, right? And there are tunable lighting systems that you can use to mimic that in an environment. So, in that case, and you know, a business person could provide that for their workforce, where their kind of their circadian rhythm entrainment their Kind of going with the flow of the course of the day, right? But then you could also do things to increase um, choices. So maybe you want to increase physical activity that leads to having impacts on your BMI, maybe cardiac health, uh, you know, down the road. And um, you can do that by using nudges. And so you can talk people into, you can design things and then encourage them to you know, take the stairs instead of the elevator, even if it's just for a flight, you know, and Mm -hmm. then you build on that. So there's great ways to do things to increase that kind of activity.
0: Passive uh, acceptance or adoption. That's a better word than trick that uh, that I went with, but that's good. That's (laughs) good. We like that better. Yes. (laughs) what about evidence-based design because that's a big part of what we're going to be talking about
1: evidence-based design is is sort of fashioned after evidence-based medicine which most people have heard about so basically instead of you know thinking about doctors making choices it's really about utilizing the evidence that's out there about the built environment to design to get positive outcomes that um, you know basically in the disciplines of architecture and design, That has been around probably since about the early 80s, mostly, maybe late 70s. But it's really ramped up where it's more of a discipline now and, um, you know, leading to a lot of good changes in terms of how we can justify designs to improve people's lives.
0: How has evidence-based design grown uh, over the years? Is it a factor of, well, there's more research out there now, which is certainly the case, or, you know... uh, Faculty researchers like you doing more to build it, but how has it uh, how has it grown
1: over the years? It has grown. I mean, it really got its roots in healthcare design. So I, you know, I like to say, well, you know, if you have the CEO of a hospital, they're either a business person, right, or they're a medical person. And both of them use data to make decisions. They're different sets of data, but you know. And I think that that um, that kind of gave us a foothold where a lot of evidence-based research in architecture and interior design was focused on healthcare design. But now it's across all building typologies. There's a lot of people doing a, a lot of really interesting things out there, and there's a lot of cross-disciplinary research. So you have people from other disciplines that are you know, collaborating or even doing independent research that then lends itself to evidence that is, you know, used by architects and designers to design spaces.
0: Visiting with Dr. Deborah Harris, Associate Professor in Interior Design. And, you know, Dr. Harris, uh, you mentioned the hospital example, but as we, we think about just businesses in general, you know, as we think about people's health and insurance and you know I know uh, many places have incentives even for their uh, for their uh, employees or their mm-hmm. their staff to be healthier to use workout facilities or whatever what, what are some of the interests that people have in this what are the benefits to a, a, a business in, in incorporating some of these
1: well you've named some of them right there so if you can reduce you know insurance premiums that's a win for a business it's a win for an individual if you can increase the health of your workforce, and then you have less absenteeism. You have less, um, you know, illness and injuries. You have all of those things. You have a healthy workforce. Then they're going to be more productive. So from an organization side, there's hardly a downside to mm-hmm. it. You know, for the individual, a lot of companies do have incentive programs, and they might have an incentive, um, you know, that's focused on eating healthy or working out, and they'll provide those facilities. So that's one of those things that you can, that how the building can support the incentives, right? So if you build it, they will come. And, uh, and so those kinds of things. Again, using the stairs, I, I saw this one article that was from um, one of the Scandinavian countries. And it was really interesting to me because, you know, they were, I, I mentioned nudges before. They used um, jokes, on the risers of the steps in the fire stairs. So fire stairs are usually pretty awful places. They're, you know, they're required by law um, and by code. So, uh, you know, but, you know, we're talking about and design those spaces, use nice materials, Make get, provide natural light, provide decent electric lighting you know but these guys actually they would put a joke on the one of the risers and as you'd go up three or four steps the response to the joke would be there you know and they they were able to through behavior mapping to show that people were like telling their friends and then they were bringing them to the stairs to go up you know the Mm -hmm. stairs instead of uh, taking the elevator and so you know you see that and you see this kind of positive um, momentum that picks up and people are starting to do things that, a little differently. That's,
0: well, We don't have jokes, but I know in Robinson Tower, where I work, they have little messages on the landings oh, yeah. there to, about uh, <laughs> congratulating people on taking the stairs and mm-hmm. think of their health. So that's great Hey, one other definition just as we uh, give a paint a picture of who all is interested in this SBIR that's a mm-hmm. grant that has led to the uh, that's led to the software package that we're going to talk about that you and mm-hmm. other faculty are, are are collaborating to create who is SBIR and what what are their goals
1: SBIR is the small business innovation research program um, and it's it's a federal program and by the Small Business Association but different agencies different, Different agencies within NIH um, and other organizations and the federal government have access to creating SBIR grants. And really the idea is, you know, all of us researchers in our ivory towers, we can kind of get lost in our own stuff, right? But the idea for SBIR is they're reaching out to business people and saying this is an opportunity for you to collaborate Build collaborations and, and go after ideas and innovations that we think will improve, you know, the, in, for the NIH. It's all mm-hmm. about health, right? Mm-hmm. So there you go
0: visiting with Dr. Deborah Harris. And uh, Dr. Harris, I want to ask you before we dive in uh, further a little bit about uh, yourself coming to Baylor and this discipline. Uh, where did where did your interest in evidence-based design begin? When did that t- happen for you?
1: Well, I, when I got out of um, practice, I went to graduate school. And um, because I really just felt like as an interior designer, that there needed to be more for me. And um, and I was searching for what that was, and uh, in graduate school, I discovered evidence-based design, and I was very interested, I had a lot of experience in healthcare, and so I kind of continued in that vein, and so um, that's when I started that. I, I got a PhD at Texas A&M, and uh, was able to you know, flourish in that environment in architecture. and architecture, um, and I've been on that train ever since. Mm-hmm.
0: Now you so you've taught, you've been in the private sector as well what you came to Baylor in two thousand seventeen what what brought you here
1: well i you know i i feel like um I guess there's a couple of different things i i like uh as an independent consultant sometimes you're by yourself a lot, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I really like collaborating. I like building collaborations, and um, you know, coming to Baylor was really good for me. I love teaching, and so being able to to you know teach the next generation of of uh, design people, are, you know, that's really important to me. But also being able to collaborate across campus with different kinds of researchers and other people. And um, you know that's been very, very good for me.
0: Well, speaking of collaboration, you've got a great team uh, that you get to work with uh, on the, on the project that we are about to about to discuss here momentarily. Uh, Eric Baker, Leslie Funderburk, uh, mm-hmm. and, and others, so professors from engineering and co- computer science, um, uh, colleagues from the Robbins College that we'll talk about here in uh, in, in just a moment. So l- let's talk about this project. Uh, you are working to create a software program that will allow building designers Mm -hmm. uh, in the process of design to incorporate some of this evidence-based design into the buildings that they are uh, that they are uh, putting down on a pen to paper or in the uh, or in the computer or what have you obviously so take us a little bit inside this project how did it begin Where, where does it stem from?
1: Well, my partner and I, uh, Jane Rohde is an architect out of Maryland, and um, she. it was really her conception of this idea, and she came to me and we talked about it, and we had an opportunity to apply for this SBIR. It seemed tailor-made in some ways. You don't find that a lot for architecture um, and design, so it was a, a really good opportunity for us to you know, bring all of our experience and our priorities and our, you know, the things that that we uh, contribute on both sides, right? So she's an architect that practiced a lot on, in uh, long-term care. She's very much on the evidence-based design train and, uh, and, and a very strong practitioner side of that. And then I kind of bring to it more of the... You know, academic uh, research side of it with a practice background. So you know, we kind of made a good partners. And then, um, you know, so w- when we started building this team, we uh, we we really have a great cross section of people, both in professional practice and in academia.
0: What is the uh, if you're given the elevator pitch to someone uh, about this? Uh, how how would you how would you describe it in uh, 30, 30 to sixty seconds?
1: Oh my, okay. So um, CrossCheck is a software um, program to, for healthy building planning. So the software suite has five different components to it. One of it's called the first one's called the EBD Translator or Evidence Based Design Translator. Um, we have a project programmer, which is really uh, a tool to help uh, architects. And we, we all, when we start a new project, we all um, start with a program. We develop a program. We look at the functionality needs of the space and everything else. And so, the project programmer is a ba- a kind of a systematic way to go through that process. Um, after that, so at the end of a project, you might have a post-occupancy evaluation to see if you met the goals of your project. So if you had specific goals that you wanted um, for your workforce or for the building performance or any of those kinds of things, then you would collect data and analyze it and test it. And that's what our POE tool does Mm -hmm. and then uh, we also have a certification tracker so if you want to get fitwell certified green globe certified LEED is out there so you know we have a tool that's um, developed to help that process along and make it easier so the idea is how do you infuse evidence and create designs for healthy environments, but, but also take the pressure off the designer and architect because they're working to design all of these things, um, and they, but they need us to do the heavy lifting of sorts. So they might not have access to the same resources and evidence, but if we can provide those in design criteria and operational criteria and policies and things that they can have easy access to, that makes them more efficient and have more uh, knowledge in, in pursuing those mm-hmm. ideas.
0: So CrossCheck is the name of the, the, the software. And you think about what you've just described. You know some of the problems you're trying to solve. Is the biggest I don't want to say roadblock to uh, having buildings that incorporate evidence based design, just knowledge and access to that. Or what are some uh, ha- what are some of the biggest roadblocks to uh, designing healthier buildings?
1: I, I think you kind of hit it I mean you know if you're if you're at a university and you're a researcher you have access to, to, through our library system to all these databases and research articles and you know we can spend hours poring over an article to find that one bit of information that is critical to what we're looking for um, you know architects and designers design firms they're not paying for access to have, all those databases for them. They don't have the hours that they can dedicate to pulling that information and distilling it. And that's what we're doing is we're distilling that information into useful criteria or considerations for the architect and designer so that they can employ that. So, you know, you might have a design consideration that Talks about that tunable lighting I mentioned earlier. And, you know, they might be like, okay, that sounds pretty good. We can hit a lot of marks. We can get a lot of benefit for health and wellness. We, it, it'll affect our sustainability plan. It can do all of these things. Where do I get that? Okay, well, let's go. They can spend their time investigating the best system the best component to specify for that but we've given them the consideration and said this is this is what you need it for and this is why you need it and that justification can go a long way in helping to educate their clients about the importance of health and wellness in the built environment.
0: This is Baylor Connections. We are visiting with Dr. Deborah Harris, Associate Professor in Interior Design in Baylor's Robbins College of Health and Human Sciences. So I'm sure that uh the answer to this question that I'm about to ask you could probably take up a whole another 23 minutes uh, on the program but uh I'll let me ask you. So you've got this great idea, you've got uh SBIR funding. Well, now what? <laughs> Where do you uh, how do you begin to get your arms around a project of that magnitude?
1: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. You know, you mentioned Leslie uh Funderburk, Dr. Funderburk is a nutrition science um professor here at Baylor. We also have Eric Baker, who is um, computer science. And, you know, we just we, we could not have succeeded to the point where we are without our whole team. Our, this is the best collaboration I've ever had for any project. And, um, you know, we have we have our, our lead programmer was a graduate student here at Baylor who's graduated and he's in the Czech Republic. And um, you know we're we're just all stayed together the whole team has stayed together since 2018 basically wow. and um, but and everybody contributes really important parts and and you take away any of those parts and you don't have the whole so um, but getting your head around it you know a lot of a lot of, discussions and conversations about what we really felt like was needed and required and then bringing in the computer science guys and say okay what can we do right because I'm not a computer scientist I don't know how all that works the amazing thing is The things that they've been able to do and operationalize has made um, not just the software viable, but also like our processes for distilling this information and preparing it to be available has become, you know, part of that. Computer science development as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's it's a long term project. Uh, where are you in the project, and you know, do you have a timeline that you're working on towards when you might get to see it in people's hands or in their computers?
1: We do. We're um, well. we're we have we plan to launch by the end of July. So right now we're in beta testing. Um, you know, for different parts of the components, and um, you know, trying to finalize all of the different components and 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 get them up and running. So, you know, you see, and it's, it's not a simple linear process. So, um, you know, we're really just pushing now to get it ready to go live by the end of July.
0: That's great. Mm-hmm. If, I were, if I were a designer looking at it on my computer, what are some things I might see?
1: Well, if you go in and you sign up for a free trial, then um, you'd be asked to create a project and, um, and then you might go to the EBD translator and say, well, what do I want to know about? I want to know about choice architecture. Choice architecture is a term that has to do with food placement and, and um, you know, kind of like that trick you were talking about mm-hmm. or those nudges, right, where yeah. you place the food in a way that people make better choices over time. And, um And so maybe that's a a topic that someone searches for. And when you do that, then all of the design and operational criteria that has been tied to that topic will come up with all of the um, evidence. So all the citations that's tied to that particular design criteria will be listed there. And, And for each design consideration or operational consideration, it'll give you a link to resources. So there might be other... Um, authoritative um, sources guidelines recommendations we've we've connected those as well and so what it does is it it makes the it provides the designer their flush right with all of these resources so they can decide what the priorities are based on their project so they can decide which ones they want to pursue if they need to justify it they've got the evidence there to back them up
0: that's great. And will this be a, a commercial product for people to – for businesses or companies or designers to purchase?
1: Yes, it will. Right. It will be a subscription.
0: Subscription. And, and you mentioned that they can uh, take a, a, a trial. Where could people go to learn more about
1: this? <laughs> we have a website. Um, it's crosscheck.io.
0: Crosscheck.io so that's easy to remember for people to take a look at that and you know in general if uh, maybe there's people whose interest is uh, is sparked in this conversation are there any easily accessible resources that you recommend for people to dip their toe in the evidence to, uh base design waters or any publications or just anything if people are interested to research more or is it just as simple as googling it
1: i think you can probably find some resources um you know googling it um i think that um you know, if you're in the design and architecture community, you you have access through your professional organizations to things like that. Hmm. There's con- continuing education programs out there.
0: Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Well, we're excited to see this uh, launch, and it's great timing to visit with you as you uh, as you prepare for that. So again, uh, crosscheck.io, where mm-hmm. you can see the uh, the fruits of the work that you and. Dr. Thunderberg, Dr. Baker, and the whole team have uh, have put together. Well, Dr. Harris, I really appreciate you taking the time today to visit with us and uh, share, and congratulations on the launch, and we'll look forward to more.
1: Thank you, appreciate it.
0: Dr. Deborah Harris, Associate Professor in Interior Design in Baylor's Robbins College of Health and Human Sciences, our guest today on Baylor Connections. I'm Derek Smith, a reminder you can hear this and other programs online at baylor.edu slash connections, and you can subscribe to the program on iTunes. Thanks for joining us here on Baylor Connections.